Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Source Code. I am the social media superstar. I am the glitch in the system. I am Jay Walker. Here dropping some audio from a different podcast that I was a guest on. Thought you guys would enjoy it. It's some different content. I've kind of broken down my career, but here uh, I get asked some very different questions than I'm used to covering. Uh, It's for a buddy of mine. We've been trying to line this up for so, so long. The date and time just happened to work out. We made it work. Please give it a listen. Please go give this guy some love and support. He's doing some really good stuff over on his website, Wrestling News World. His podcast is called Raw Views. He reviews all sorts of wrestling. He's had interviews with Vicky Guerrero, NWA champion Nick Aldis. Please, please, please go check it out. Well-educated guy. He's definitely got the voice to be able to do this thing. So hopefully some big things happen for him down the road as well. Give it a listen. There'll be a part two as well. So stay tuned and enjoy. Hey, this is the NWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion, the National Treasure, Nick Aldis. You're listening to Raw Views. Excuse me! This is Vicky Guerrero, and you're listening to Raw Views. Welcome, everyone, to a very special episode of Raw Views. My name is Steven. However... I'm not joined today by my normal co-host, Thomas Fenton of Wrestling News World. Instead, I'm joined by the current PCW Legacy Champion, Jay Walker. And Jay, on a scale of 1 to 10, give me your excitement level for Double or Nothing. It's a 10, man. It's the week of. This is this is a big deal. Definitely a 10. It is a huge deal. I, don't, I, I think people... Uh, aren't really understanding that this is the first ever AEW pay-per-view because All In wasn't AEW branded. I mean, we're literally seeing the inaugural pay-per-view of a company. Um, What do you think about the card? Just at a high level, we're not going to dive in yet on it. Uh, What do you think about the card overall? I I think it's a very stacked card. I think there's something for everyone on this show, and I think there's going to be a lot of amazing matches that people are going to be talking about for days and weeks to come. Oh, absolutely. It seems like there's not a Kenny Omega match that doesn't happen. I always have to, uh, when I jump on Twitter, because I you know, I have kind of a stigma about me, I guess, and a uh, Kenny Omega match happens. It happens to be the greatest match of all time. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if my listeners know this yet, but you are the PCW Legacy Champion. You've been in the ring with Kenny Omega, right? Absolutely. Quite a few occasions uh, growing up in Winnipeg. Uh, he's, he's been a tremendous help to me in my career. Talking to you off air, uh, am I right to remember that uh, he was your first opponent? Yeah, it, it was <laughs> kind of weird. Um, I, there was no uh, proper training in Winnipeg at the time. Uh, the trainers had kind of gone off and uh, explored their own options. But uh, just from the years of the grind, all of a sudden I got an email from the promoter asking, saying that Kenny wants to work with me. <laughs> and I'm shocked because I've never been in the ring before. But so- uh what year was that? What what year did you get? Uh, did Kenny say, "Hey, I want to work with this Jay Walker kid"? That would have been two thousand and eleven. Oh wow! So he is established because he started. He was there in like two thousand one, correct? Yeah, uh, when he was originally that there. Time. Yeah. 
Sure. So 10 years later, I mean, he's uh, definitely established somewhat of a name in the business. Um, He's definitely not putting on his Okada matches yet, but he's like, hey, let me get in with Jay Walker. How many finishers did you kick out of? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Absolutely none, I think. Uh, No, tremendous guy. Just the most humble guy you've ever met. And uh, he'd, he'd done his Deep South gig already. And I believe he was already going to Japan sporadically for ddt so like he he definitely had made quite a name for himself at that point and uh always willing to come home and give back to the promotion that gave him uh gave him his platform to be able to perform and perfect his skills so to get in there with me even uh for the few short minutes that the match was was a, a great learning experience I would absolutely believe so. It's it's amazing to me. Like, if nothing else in the wrestling business, you can look back and say, my first match ever was with Kenny Omega. Now, you don't have to absolutely. have context on anything else. You can just say it was with Kenny Omega, and everybody's just going <laughs> to jaw drop. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about you, because um, if you followed my Twitter, uh, not you, you the listener, have followed my Twitter, you know uh, you and I started talking, like, last December maybe, November – um, I'm a big fan of yours. I think what you're doing with your YouTube channel, kind of showing the behind the scenes of what you go through, the grind you go through, um, I think you present it in a very, very cool way for people to understand uh, what you do and, and how much it takes out of you to do it. So let's just chat for a minute. When did you get started? Uh, 2011 was your first match. Uh, tell us a little bit about Jay Walker, the wrestler. Yeah, so... Um trying to come up with the unique character to really stand out um something i always believed in was the power of social media even way back in 2011 this is when wwe was just kind of experimenting with tout i believe if you remember that (laughs) yeah yeah i I remember them like everything was on tout it was promoted more than boss time when sasha banks walks out (laughs) right so i just really believed in these platforms to be able to communicate and engage with uh with the audience and really understand what they're looking for in a product and uh, so i i did a little bit of soul searching and came up with the idea of being called the social media superstar. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. Um, It was a lot of learn as you go uh, being in the ring and and how to take that element into the ring, as well as portraying my character. And it just sort of created this natural connection with the audience slowly, but surely uh, developed a little bit of uh, a following. They just perceived me as this fan trying to live out my dream as a pro wrestler. And there was, there was just a real raw connection with the audience there and it sort of snowballed from there. And I've always um, wanted to do more with social media. So like I I would do these crazy uh, music videos and and training montages, (laughs) anything to sort of get of attention. But uh, in my later years, as I found out, that's not the real way to go about uh, doing it and just continuing to build off that connection and really expand your horizon. Cause Social media is such a, a limitless platform. I needed to get uh, more people aware of what I was doing rather than just staying in the bubble of Winnipeg where uh, sure. PCW is. And that's where all of a sudden the, the idea of this vlog came, uh, which I call Unhacked. And we started uh, just in the fall of last year. And uh, since then, it's just been absolutely amazing uh, being able to show my story behind the scenes and in the ring and being able to cover 
all these different things that wrestling fans haven't really been exposed to yet of the pressure and anxiety and mental health and fitness and putting matches together. You literally see in my video sometimes me and the guy I'm about to go out in the ring with planning our match. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just a different element that uh, it doesn't give away all the magic of wrestling, but it makes you appreciate the, the efforts, I think, and just seeing two guys come together and bond together as friends over putting together such a, a performance that the crowd is so invested in. Absolutely. And so let me ask you, because if you've listened to like the Austin podcast, the Jericho podcast, they talk a lot about calling it in the ring. Are you a planner then? I, I know I've watched your video, so I know you've planned some of your matches. Um, would you much rather plan them out or, or can you do, do you enjoy calling it in the ring? It really depends on the situation sure. and the crowd. Um, on, on the PCW shows are in a bar, so it's very adult oriented, and these are very hardcore, uh, very smartened up fans. So you might so get a like you might play. get like a, a lollipop in the tush, like Joey Ryan. <laughs> Things like that do happen. <laughs> sure, sure, Sometimes, sure, absolutely. Yes, but uh, it's also taken very seriously. PCW, I think there's such a pride amongst the the crew to give a very solid uh, show that that you can't get anywhere else and uh when pcw goes and does these more family oriented shows uh that's where we can kind of let loose and i absolutely love planning a lot of the match in the ring okay uh it just you get a feel for the audience and being able to take them on the journey that they're along for you can really read the crowd that way instead so let me let me ask you then uh how often does pcw run a show how often is it in the same town and how many how many times is it the same you know 16 guys in the front row now trying to hand you uh, whatever you beat the last guy over the head with. Oh, man. Uh, when when we were doing our shows around 2011 there, it was definitely the same 16 guys in the front row. <laughs> uh, it, it's since grown. It's been wild to see the growth. Obviously, having Kenny Omega on your roster is a big help with, with the name he's made for himself. The, the crowd has really built up into this. It's still a family, but it's a much bigger family. And it, sure. it's, it's great to see. But... Um, yeah, we, we run shows. PCW is a monthly show uh, that okay. you get at the regular venue. And then there are other shows added throughout the year in different uh, venues. Sometimes throughout the city, but sometimes we step outside of uh, the infamous Winnipeg perimeter and check out uh, a couple other small towns in the area. So do you work other promotions right now outside of PCW, or are you pretty much just with PCW at the moment? From time to time, and it's funny, I got asked this actually by a referee. Uh, who's just kind of joined the scene. And it's like, why don't you work everywhere else? And uh, it would be great for the experience just to constantly be in the ring, grinding it out and, and uh, perfecting everything. But at the same time, um, I, PCW's held to such a higher standard with the audience. And uh, it, it just puts that pressure on myself to deliver in those situations. And it also doesn't overexpose myself in the city. Sure. It makes my performances in Winnipeg that much more special because you can only catch them in one place. I do work for other promotions out of town when asked um absolutely and of course if anybody out there is listening feel free to hit me up in my email and and we can talk definitely because uh, <laughs> the more work the more work the better absolutely so you you are giving permission for folks to slide into your dms as the kids would say <laughs> for sure <laughs> all right uh well I think you should work more. Um, I know. I know. Um, talking off air, you kind of talk about the the driving. You are a uh, you are married. You do have a child, correct? Yes. So that that's also got to be tough. Um, what? How old your uh, your kid? Six years old now. Six years. So uh, when you brought home the championship, uh, what did the six year old say? 
she was actually pretty proud she was kind of showing it off to, to my grand or my parents actually her grandparents but uh you know what it's funny because the, to get the championship i had what's called the golden ticket in pcw it's a, it's a rumble where the winner okay. gets kind of like money in the bank right you can cash in anytime anywhere she was obsessed with the gold of the ticket because she just finished watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I was going to ask you about but, gold but she's, ticket. She's pretty excited that dad, dad's got the championship. Right? No, absolutely. And um, has she worn it or is it a little too heavy for her to wear? It, it's pretty heavy. She's yeah. held it. I, I don't think she could wear it. Gotcha. Uh, so I was going to ask you about golden ticket because I saw you promoting – um, yet another golden ticket opportunity. Is this something that happens annually or a couple times a year? Um, tell us yeah, a little about yeah. a, a bit about it. So it, it, yeah, yeah, it's uh, we call it the Premier Rumble. PCW stands for Premier Championship Wrestling, and uh, it's a once a year event. It's usually around this time. Uh, coming up, the next time is June eighth, where there will be another Rumble, and hopefully, uh, I can get in there for a second shot at it. Funny story with the golden ticket is that. Uh, I've been Canadian champion before. I have the title right now in my fourth reign, but uh, two out of those four opportunities were taken from me because of golden ticket cash. Oh. So uh, those two happened, and then it was finally my turn to win the ticket and cash in and take back the championship. So uh, there's a lot of history with me in that ticket for sure. So you, you, you kind of related the golden ticket to the Money in the Bank briefcase. Did you watch Money in the Bank last night? I did, yes. What were your thoughts when Brock Lesnar won the the briefcase? A lot of people on my Twitter hated it. Um, oh. I defended it on the podcast last night. Tell me what you think. Uh, I, I believe you and I had a little bit of an exchange a couple months ago, at least, on Twitter about this. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Uh, I, I get the fan's immediate knee-jerk reaction, and I think uh, they, they just automatically assume that Brock's going to win the championship. And I'm not so sure about that. I mean, it wouldn't... It wouldn't hurt my feelings if he did. Uh, I, I'm not so emotionally attached to the product as, as most people are nowadays. Sure. Um, but I think it's a great concept of you've got a very baby-faced Seth Rollins carrying the Raw brand, and here comes Brock Lesnar, like a great big shark, come circling the waters, waiting for his opportunity right. to try to cash in on Rollins. Yeah. If or he, if go ahead. If no, if he were to fail, I mean, that would just put Rollins that much more over, or you know, whoever had the championship. Uh, I think I think it's great. I think it adds a lot of uh, what's the word for it? Just that it's very unexpected, and you don't know what's going to happen with it. Yeah, I'm really glad to see it happen. It's actually um, very similar to a booking I did, uh, fantasy booking I did for Bray Wyatt years ago. I, I I still don't know why they didn't do this. Why they didn't have the lights go out during the Money in the Bank match, and then have the briefcase gone, and then all you see is the vignette of Bray Wyatt. Um, I thought I always thought that was perfect for him. Um, I had a feeling that they could go the Lesnar route this year. That's why I kind of put it out on Twitter, and they did. And I'm I'm happy they did because it, at least now that he's gone, there's intrigue with him being gone. I think that most fans say they don't like Lesnar because he's gone all the time. Well, now you have some intrigue while he's gone, and you mentioned Seth Rollins, but there's also there's also Kofi Kingston. And Absolutely, imagine yeah. imagine a Kofi Kingston getting a shot at Brock Lesnar, just even, you can appreciate it, right? That match with Kenny Omega, and he wasn't even where he is today. Imagine Kofi Kingston, a wily vet, having a main event, maybe at SummerSlam with, with Brock Lesnar. Do you not think that he would be ultimately proud of that, even if he's in a loss? That would be amazing. And, uh, 
uh, the fact that you could tell the story later, two of them having that match uh, at the Beast and the East show in Japan. Oh, yeah. And only going like six to eight minutes. And all of a sudden, here's Kofi Kingston, the world champion on, on a huge pay-per-view, one of the big four of the year, against Lesnar in a in a competitive match, uh, going for time and, and having some legitimacy. Uh, which is happening to, to Kofi as well, absolutely.